So universalists, they came from a similar place as the Unitarians. They were these heretical Christians, and their heresy was that they believed that all of us would be bound up together forever in this life and beyond. So in classical Christianity, when you die, your soul is judged. And depending on the certain rubric that God is applying, you either go to heaven or to hell. And universalists, they had a challenge to this. They believed that all souls would be saved. Now, early on in this, uh, the evolution of universalism, they were kind of closeted about it. My favorite universalists were these Pennsylvania pietists in the 1630s. They had this belief that we would all eventually get to God in heaven, but we would have all the bad people would have their sins burned off for almost eternity. And they didn't want to tell people this. And so once you got to a certain level in the church, someone would kind of pull you aside and be like, Psh, don't tell anyone. But guess what? We're all going to heaven eventually. Because they felt that if people knew that, they wouldn't act morally. The next generation of universalists that came along, people like John Murray, who is this universalist preacher who was in the United Kingdom, had a terrible life. His wife died, his kids died. He went to debtor's prison and he wanted to find a new life. He came over to the United States and he preached this radical gospel that essentially said that when Jesus died on the cross, instead of just dying for believers, Jesus died for everyone. And so who was saved in that salvific moment wasn't just people who had professed faith in Jesus or who had been um, pious in their church-going devotion, but in fact would be every single person, that that sacrifice was so big that it would save us all, which is a pretty bold claim. That tenet of universalism was deeply challenging, right? Because the social control that your, the state of your internal soul creates, I mean, religious leaders and governments for, throughout all time could use your, the eternal state of your soul as a way to control you. And here was a church that said, no, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do um, that would separate you from the love of God. In fact, universalists preached the, this patriarchal language, but the fatherhood of God, which means that we are all siblings, that there's no division between us because ultimately we all share the same God and that a loving God would not damn anyone. There were different incarnations of this belief. Some universalists believed there was kind of a restoration camp before you got to heaven, like a, a rehab for the soul for wicked people. Um, others didn't. They believed that it, death and glory, that no matter who you were, once you died, you would go to heaven. Universalism became deeply popular, in the, especially before and after the Civil War. People were searching for a faith that would say they'd be free, they'd be um, connected to those who died. But at the turn of the 19th into the 20th century, um, universalism had this challenge because they sort of won the day. Churches were not preaching about going to hell as much because there was this general sense that, yeah, you, you, if you were a good person, you'd go to heaven. And so universalists started to ask the question, what if universal salvation, the fact that all of us would be saved in the afterlife, what if that has to do with something about who we are today, that we are all here now. And so what would it mean to build universal salvation here on earth? And so that was the question they started asking. How does it change our human relationships? How does it change how we care for each other? How does it change what it means to build a just society? 
You know, if we're all going to end up in the same place, we may as well practice getting along together now. And so they started to think about universalism as this project of building a world in which the divisions between humans would be broken down, that all would be uh, have their needs met, um, that divisions of race and nationality um, and ability would be broken down in favor of building this, they called it the kingdom of God. The other shift that was made was they thought, well, we don't think truth can be contained in just one, um, one church. So they started to shift away from a universalist teaching being exclusively Christian and started to embrace world religions. And so you can see why the Unitarians who believed in this free exercise of thought and reason um, and believed in human potential kind of met up with the universalists in the 1960s to found this Unitarian Universalist Church.